I'm employing a strategy arguably pioneered by Nate Diaz, mm-hmm. which means it's time for verbal tap. The show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Live from Las Vegas. Yes, sir. Um, I am in Sin City, and instead of gambling, I am doing a podcast with you. So how good could it be? This is, I mean, I would argue it's like the best of both worlds. It's like, wouldn't it be great if I could also do this podcast and be in Vegas? I'm surprised you're not at the Spearmint Rhino doing a live (laughs) verbal tap version, but maybe next year. Well, you know, there is a lot to talk about with their technique, you know. Their ability to climb the poles, I think, it, it really speaks for There's their grip quality, strength. There's some quality grapplers in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. And sometimes they have like their own inversions, and they've got their beer and bolos around there. So, yeah, Kev, it, it's all cross-applicable. I would say this, though. I would say Vegas is interesting in that it is like a second home to me. So when I come out here, I immediately go train. I go try to see people, do the whole shebang. But it's also more interesting when you're traveling amidst fights. So Kevin was out in the Kansas this weekend, correct? Oh, yeah. There for a big family celebration. Awesome. And while Kevin was in Kansas, uh, one thing people don't know about Kansas, uh, they don't have television or wireless service. No. Basically none of the above. So as far as I, I know, there was uh, literally just Kevin at a home with no connection to the outside world. Is that pretty accurate, Kevin? I haven't seen shit. I got back okay. today. I feel like I got hit by a semi-truck of wind. I am <laughs> ready to podcast because of my aforementioned Nate Diaz implementation of some CBDs for just general ability to elevate above the pain. Um, but I'm ready to podcast and more specifically, I'm kind of ready to hear what's going on. Did I miss anything big? Obviously you're in Vegas and I was in Kansas and Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, if that were a a tennis match, it's like Serena Williams versus, uh, I mean, I guess anyone else. So (laughs) you're winning, you're winning someone in the stands, a professional who, who cares, right? It's just dumb. It doesn't matter. Vegas has that type of strength over Kansas. That's it's pretty clear. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the largest ball of twine, which is (laughs) not great. And well, that's about all I can think of other than there's a lot of guns and, choose adoption signs so that's helpful but oh yeah did you choose an adoption on your way back home you know i didn't because they didn't apply to me but i did enjoy (laughs) the tattered richness of their just it's like wow these people were like i have one thing to say to you and that's in the moment you might be (laughs) contemplating abortion to not do that it's like, God, trust me, if I'm driving down I-70 thinking about this, I'm not sure the sign's going to help anything. But, like, do you, like, what factor do you think that actually changes minds? That they're driving and they go, that billboard made a compelling argument. Well, that billboard was rich. And I thought it was way more compelling than the McDonald's 12 miles ahead sign that we saw mm-hmm. right before it. I was like, that first one was fine. I wasn't in the mood for McDonald's. That second <laughs> one really spoke to where I was at in the situation. 
So I went with it, and I ignored the JJ's Diner 10 miles mm-hmm. sign. We saw just a few down. That's a, that's a very, very good strategy for you, Kevin. I know sometimes, I think one of my favorite, favorite sort of thing when I like drove by in my years of forensics was there was just one sign with just a giant word that read, Hey! And I go, well, that's a giant waste of space just to literally be like, hey. And I thought there would be a follow-up in another billboard. Nope. And now nothing. you realize there was just a really friendly billionaire behind that situation. <laughs> Somebody who just likes to throw money. Or they couldn't sell it and they just figured like, well, let's, let's make it. it seem like there's something here. Because we need car jovial. crashes. Let's build the personality of this billboard and get its karma. <laughs> so anyway, that's not why you guys came here. Why you guys came here is you want analysis. And if you want analysis, and Kevin is asking an important question, which was, did he miss something? Yes, you did, Kevin, and I need you to understand exactly what you missed. The UFC held their summer preview press conference. Now, for whatever reason, now more and more people are getting into this. Is it the implementation of more YouTube notices? I don't know. I think it has more to do with, like, their combination of Fox Wars Juan and also their Facebook Live presence. Because I saw a lot of people sharing what normally used to get ducked underneath uh, kind of the shadows because it happens on a random Thursday. Who's watching shit on Thursday? Well, people who don't want to work. So there's that. So ask me what you missed. What's going on? What hits okay. Thursday? I mean, this is all the presser leading up to an event that, you know, sounds like it was a pretty good series of fights. So I assume I missed something. It's a little confusing in that they have all this talent there. And I think it's in Dallas. And the hard part about it is they're trying to get you excited for all these fights that you're not going to see for a long amount of time. So it's kind of hard to, like, remember who's fighting who where and how it's happening. But let's go through some notables. Uh, On one side, you had John Jones bragging about doing cocaine and beating Daniel Cormier. What? <laughs> was oh he, yeah, he was trying they to start sparring between the two of them verbally, and right. like neither of them are good. I need to make sure that this is the important thing I say before we go on, which is none of these people are good at doing the WWE style of trash talk. So it's like a lower iteration of that. But having said that, Kevin, when they were trying to talk shit to each other, Daniel Cormier is going off on his usual like, "Well, John, you gotta be here, and at least I was here." Because John's like, well, he's not the champ. I mean, I was the champ. I'm still the champ. I'm going to beat him. He hasn't impressed me. He hasn't done anything. And meanwhile, crosstalk is happening. So you get Daniel Cormier being like, you're a bum. You're a bum. And then on the other side, you get John Jones being like, hey, man, whatever, dude. I beat you when I was high on cocaine. <laughs> and I, I obviously see where he's going with that venue of trash talk. I think it's compelling. And I, I like that. I like that he was like, "I'm signed up contract wise now. Suck it. Yeah, I did blow, and I beat his fucking ass." It's like you sound like no, Sam Jackson. I, I get it. He's definitely taking the Sam Jackson approach to it. But like, this is also the same guy who's like, in interviews, you know, guys. Um, I really felt bad about what I did, and I've learned a lot from my addictions and I just I wonder why people don't give me another chance well it's because I beat you when I was off fucking cocaine woo yay <laughs> so it, there are very different elements and this appeals to a certain base because people love that line and I just thought and I go oh, 
Jesus, John Jones. All right. So now Dan Quimby is kind of actually getting cheered. Uh, like he's getting booed, but then they cheer him later. It's very confusing. Here. I just like the follow up. It's like, John, are you remorseful about the events that have taken place in your career? It's like, oh, incredibly. I can't tell you uh, how bad I feel about the way things have gone down. <laughs> Obviously. Obvious. Obviously. <laughs> There's nothing better that we're going to do on this show than have a recurring bit with John Jones asking if you regret something, who then course, levels with you. Of course he I regret not. hitting that woman. She should have gotten out of the way. She should have been over to the right of the road. You know, slow drivers have no place for those of us that are high on the white lightning trying to get from A to B. And that's I mean, guys, how I beat Daniel Cormier. It's like, if what? I being, if I were being truly, truly honest, there's nothing like Reebok. Reebok is my favorite, favorite apparel line to get fucked up on cocaine. Nike, just do it. What? I'm out of here. I'm John Jones. Look so, at this that's... shimmering bullshit. This stuff is dynamite. Let's go. <laughs> so, Kevin, there were some uh, fake belts that got brought in because, again, I don't know why these people think it's really great. But uh, John Jones brought his own fake Props. UFC belt. It might have actually been one of his real ones. I don't know that for sure. But he brought his and then. Daniel Cormier is over on the side. He's got his belt. And then the two things are like looking at each other being like, my belt, my belt. And it just looks stupid. So they pose him for photos. Apparently behind the stage, the two got into an altercation where Daniel Cormier was telling John Jones in his face, uh, don't bring up my kids, which I can agree to that much. But if a guy's bringing up cocaine and having no remorse for doing it, he's probably going to bring up your kids. But speaking of bringing up people and speaking of belts, there are situations that happen on both of those. So a little bit later, uh, there was somebody, uh, I, I thought it was Joanna Zizek, who brought up a fake belt. But you'll have to quote me on that one later. But she just brought up like a plastic belt, gave it to her opponent, and she's just like, her opponent just goes, Mur? I guess, okay, cool. But then speaking of bringing up family kevin how do you like if i were to look at you right now and i were to say kevin your mother is a whore mm. what would be your response uh well much like vin diesel i'm all about the family so i would i would take offense to that you would take offense to that okay okay cool if you were to say uh be in a trash talking situation mm -hmm. and you were talking shit about me first okay would you then expect that I abide by any rules? I would not. I would think that would be uh, gloves off. Okay. So Kevin Lee, Motown, first of all, walks out wearing the most ridiculous bandana and stupid confetti referee looking shirt he can possibly have. And he starts by saying, you know, Michael Kisa is basically trying to say, like, hey, man, you know, this guy, we're going to go to war. And, oh, man, he's a bum. And look at this guy. And he's kind of starting to ease him into it. And Motown proceeds by doing this. He goes, you know what, dude? I'm not going to talk trash about anybody. That's not what I do. A little bit later. Yeah, dude, your mom. Your mom would say that. And Michael Kisa, who started the whole thing, looks at him and is like, don't you talk about my mom. Do not. Don't you dare. Talk about my mother. <laughs> so in the scenario I gave you, I called your mom a whore. But in this scenario, he was just literally like, yeah, well, your mom. And he was just like, do you, do you bring up my mom? No. <laughs> so that was odd. If you see any mother jokes. Uh, I would say, though, Kevin Lee picked quite the weekend to do it because there was a flurry of 
happy Mother's Day photos of Kevin Lee throughout the weekend on the Instagram. So uh, congratulations yeah. to the internet. internet. Yeah. Uh, Justin Gahey and Michael Johnson were basically promising to kick one another's lives out of one another. Um, so, okay. Amanda Nunez basically uh, showed uh, Valentina Shevenko uh, her fist, but she decided to introduce it to her chin when they did the pose off. Not, so that was- not a good image. I'll say this. Yes. She, she should have thought that went through. It looked like she kind of got tapped. I did forget to bring this up with Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson basically said he's ready to take lives in the octagon. Interesting. Uh, I love that. What do you say? He goes, because uh, he's talking about, you know, Gaethy, who's just coming from a different organization. I think the World Series of Fighting. And he says, I'm here to take over and win this title. I'm not here to welcome guys from the C League in here. But, yeah, at the same time, I'm going to welcome him into the UFC, and it's not going to be a good night for him. Hands down. I got two months to prepare to take somebody's life in this cage, and I'm not trying to beat him. I'm not trying to win a decision or by a point. I'm literally trying to take this man's life. Gaping. Yay. And yes, tune in. I want to die. Three Let weeks go. from today when this guy has a fully legal fight with this other opponent and we talk about it being a, a legitimate sport. Um, th- this is where the transcript gets a little hedgy because uh, Johnson said, I eat my shit whole. So <laughs> uh, then it goes, hmm. I don't, and here's what I love. They say shit, Good but then and they say, I don't expletive take piece by piece the whole bite. I don't chew or nothing. Gross. Like well, <laughs> it was super gross. So anyway, yes, uh, Daniel Cormier also made fun of prostitutes and said John Jones gets downs with that. I mean, Kevin, it was ridiculous. So that was the way that we led ourselves into UFC uh, 211, which we'll talk about a little bit more with our guest, our good friend, John Combs, Absolutely. who competed at Submission Underground. But before we do, let's preview a little bit about Submission Underground. Yeah, I haven't seen his match, right? I got to see his match. I haven't got to see the others. And this one, first of all, Sub Underground, I 180 for me. I was a skeptic at first because it was like, okay, well, I'm always interested. Why? Well, I, I guess I was only a skeptic. It was like, I didn't expect them to get this good this fast. I sure. they the original matches they booked were interesting, but they only had one or two good fights. This has a lot of good fights. As I was looking at the video, was, I was like, fuck, I only I want to watch John's match, but damn, bookmark and flow grappling has all of it. So a few notes, if I could uh, impress upon you. Uh, yeah. Paulo Meow, who definitely has not been in the news for any other reason. I don't remember it. Couldn't oh, maybe I, there was a story about him having a twin, but I just I think it was. Fake. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, that's the only reason he would have been in the news this week. But he had a fascinating match with Uriah Faber and Uriah, you know, like he was putting him in trouble. And the Meows are sneaky, but I don't know if you ever <laughs> consider them. The meows are like submission <laughs> threats. I don't know that necessarily because like they beer and bolo so much and they're so fast and they're so like that you never actually start to think like, can they submit anybody? Well, the answer is they were putting a lot of roll well, day. I, I talked like there was two of them in the match. There could have been. I would have never known. But Paul <laughs> was putting a lot of pressure on Uriah and at several points, you know, had his back 
And, uh, you know, they went to overtime. It was a great match. Obviously, our good friend John Combs had a great match uh, against Gilbert Durino. And then on the other side, Nathan Orchard and Mike Perez had a really good match, Kev. Now, what do you know about those two competitors? I know they're both amazing. And there's a lot of fire that's going to happen between the two of them. Well, that's true. And there was. And there were times where Nate looked like he he was getting close on bites, but Mike Perez has a great ability from his team, from Atos, to be able to, you know, disengage and reengage as he needs to. Like, you just figure the kind of pressure he gets there on a daily basis. He's going to be well-equipped for this. So they had a really fun match, but at the end of it, uh, Nathan won by fastest escape time. But I think you'd be interested to know what his post-press interview was like, Kevin. Yeah, I'm interested. Okay, so they go up to him, and they say, you know, you won. They give him a belt, and he's super excited. And they ask him, they're like, well, who do you want to call out next? And he, like, half-heartedly goes, you know, everybody here is going to call out Gary. Eh, I guess I will, too. Which is not a strong way to open up, but it's honest, so I'll give him that. So he says he's going to call out Gary. Mid-sentence stops himself and goes... Eh, you know what? Fuck it. Just give me AJ. AJ and I would have a great match. And I'm just sitting there going, well, you just sold that one, Mr. Nathan Orch. <laughs> because I think everybody would like to see that match. And he wasn't even super disrespectful about it. Because most people, when they start bringing up AJ, are like, this guy's an asshole. I hate him, and I want to murder him. But he actually said, he's like, we would put on a fireworks kind of match. And uh, I thought that was very, very admirable of him, so... There was that. I like the hootspot, and I did, and I saw your your uh, comments about it. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, there's the comment about it, but then there's also this, Kevin. I think it's important to note this. So Nate Quarry was doing the interviews afterwards. Nate Quarry, obviously, credentials, seems like a super nice guy. I had a huge issue, which was when they did the interviews afterwards – I felt like there were some major dropped ball moments and particularly because he would ask people instead of, you know, who's your fight camp or who's your team? He would ask them the following question, which was, who are you fighting for? Which made me think like, wait, is this a charity event? Are are they supposed to be fighting cancer? Like I'm fighting for John Hopkins and I'm also fighting for uh, meals on wheels because guys, people got to eat. And it's like, no, the question you're trying to ask me is who's my team. I want to thank my team back at home for getting me ready for this match. But every time he kept saying it, he kept saying it over and over and over again. It just was very awkward. There was a very awkward interview. If you can find it of him talking with Paula meow, who did not look very receptive to well, doing anything, not jujitsu, which surprise. But I think more than anything, I just didn't see enough care from him. And that's something that bugs me as somebody who's usually on the other side of the microphone uh, asking people questions is say whatever the fuck you want about me, but I at least care. So when I talk to these people, I really want to impress upon the important things that they did. Like what they do is significant. And I think that it is important that they get the opportunity to tell their stories. And one thing that people did say, our good friend Chris O'Dell from uh, Datsusara was saying, he's like, how do you go up to these people and every single one of them ask, who are you going to call out next? And that is something they have consistently done from show to show. But because they do that, 
they also went up to the like guys who didn't win and said, who do you want to call out? And Mike Perez goes, hey, man, I don't think I'm in any situation to call anybody out. <laughs> I just lost. So, you know, there's that. That's funny. <laughs> the headliner match, of course, between Dylan, Dennis, and Jake Shields was was good. A lot of people were, I guess, for whatever reason, putting Jake Shields as an underdog, which, really? Uh, so I thought that was... How's Jake Shields? No, never mind. I guess people just discount his jujitsu. So uh, they had a good match. I would just encourage you guys to go look at it so that you can see the different kinds of things that are going on. And I think if there's anything I'm really happy for in that scene is is that it is a Portland-based sort of thing. So those guys, I feel like the Northwest uh, doesn't get enough love. So I'm glad they have a, a signature event. And uh, John will talk a little bit about that event with us as well. So stay tuned for all of that. But Kev, UFC 211, good stuff. Obviously, Damian Maya, stuff that we enjoyed seeing from him. Uh, <laughs> Stipe Miocic, also a beast. So we're probably going to cover that, I think, a little bit with John. Yeah. Yeah, especially because of my Maya situation that we have to mm. talk about. So. <laughs> Yeah, you really you need to come clean on that one, Kevin. It's going to be – we'll talk. Let's leave some suspense because I have some emotional journeys to make. I admit that. Yeah, that's fair. And we're going to bring on John Combs. So stay tuned. I'm – I got to get caught up on Sub Underground. You kind of have me Jones in especially. It's like, shit, I forgot Orchard fought someone who i really like and of course mike Bruce is like yeah you know let me win and then i'll do it and dude don't forget on the undercard we had some of our friends tyler basinger we had alex lee a number of people that we know uh were on the card and uh, props to alex he took the fight on 24 hours notice uh so there's a lot of good stuff that i think uh could be discussed on those fronts so uh, if you get the chance, flow grappling, check out the highlights. Let us know what you guys think. And if you agree with me, feel free to tell me. If you disagree with me, I'm fine with that too. But I think it's important that we know that when people do these events, we want them to succeed just as much as the fans do. So it is important to give uh, constructive feedback rather than, fuck that guy. It's like, well, it's really not going to help there, guys. Well, let's go talk to some uh, some JC and you can fill us both in especially right. uh, I miss so much good stuff alright let's, let's do it oh god Kev it is it has been a busy weekend for both you and I you in the Kansas me over in the Vegas uh, one's not just, better by the way well, <laughs> I can hear the listen no no rap I can hear people yeah. at home being like oh god Ah, uh, Kevin got the short end of the stick. How dare you? Kansas is a lovely place, um, but yeah, Kansas. <laughs> well, Kansas is known as the Vegas of the Midwest. Everybody, knows. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's described. Yep, one hundred percent. I mean, anything goes there. Everybody knows that. But we have business to get to here, Kevin. So why don't we start up top? We're not going to lollygag around. Let's get straight to the order of business. John Combs has already announced himself about. on the show again because he does that. He starts laughing, he's and he doesn't allow us to say like, "Hey, it's John." Instead, he's just like, "Hey, guys, I've already been on the show." How he grapples too, by the <laughs> by. See your him, face, right? He practically marched through the fence on accident. He was so. <laughs> We have a lot to talk about Sub Underground 4. So let's get here. Let's do this. John, 
Coombs? Combs? Which is it, John? I, I forget. He said commies last time. Remember? He said with the Y. On commies? <laughs> so, John Combs, John, very good to see you. You were on an, a, a major grappling event. Uh, I believe there. it was called Submission Underground. Uh, how was it being underground, John? Um, well, the theater feels like that. I mean, it definitely feels like you're underground. Uh, I had a great time, man. I mean, definitely one of the toughest fights I've ever had. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I had a great time, man. I mean, what it, it was, uh, you know, got to bleed a little bit inside a cage, got my nose crushed in, got my lips crushed in. That, that was a good MMA experience for me. I, I'd love to do submission underground again, but I don't think I'm dying for an MMA fight anytime soon. <laughs> it's good to know because we are very protective of our jiu-jitsu people and, when we see them get the taste of blood and want to continue fighting in MMA, we're always like, "No, Adolfo, oh. don't leave us." Yeah, we can. We it's need like, to learn it's your like free Willy. It's a, it's happy, but it's sad at the same time for us. Free Willy. Um, so anyway, you you were participating in that. Your opponent was Gilbert Dorino Burns. Oh, and by the way, guys, looking, he looks like he's in good shape. Can you maybe yeah, offer some he, perspective on his his physique? That guy's big. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's one ninety five, a few inches shorter than me, man. I mean, he's mostly his neck too. I mean, he's a girthy individual. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was. Yeah, he was a real tough son of a gun, man. I mean, he had great jujitsu too. Like he took my back. It was beautiful technique. I mean, it felt beautiful, and then I watched it, and I saw it was a really nice back take too. So, wasn't like just the physicality there, but that for sure played a role. Well, he definitely, like, he he was smart enough to know about your guillotine, and so yeah. he was working a really good uh, takedown toward it, where it would, like, kind of bait it in, and, like, you saw it, and you're just like, mmm, gimme, and that's not wrong, it was just, it was a very difficult scramble. And apparently that, he was very yeah. vocal, that's what he was working on, so yeah. that's kind of a compliment yeah. to you, too, in terms of... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, he was ready, he was like, hey... Open that- happen then he did get your back and then you were there for five minutes now Ooh, listen five I gotta, I gotta listen five jaw breakingly because yeah, he was wasn't even terrible. trying to do anything but like uh, how's the pressure on this guy's face how is it <laughs> let's just check it with my gauge that's what it looked like yeah man it was it was a long time it, was, it really was. I, I remember, like, I put my hand in my mouth. I saw blood, and I was like, oh, my God, get out of here, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I just I'm know, in a cage, man. I got to live. <laughs> I just know that when that happens, when I saw you get body triangled, sometimes I put myself in the athlete's perspective, and I just thought, like, no, I'm done here. Yeah, this is where it gets for me because it's one thing to be in that for five minutes, which is draining. It's terrible. But then you got out of it. And then when you did get out of it, you had what I like to call the Robert Patrick, which is the Terminator 1000 or the T-1000 <laughs> Terminator 2, where you just get like really angry that somebody made you form liquid again into the shape of a human. <laughs> and you went straight at him. And I was just like, oh, God. This is scary for so many reasons. So tell us what happens after that transition, after you get out of the body triangle. What was going through your mind there? Dude, I'll be honest. I was woozy. I mean, that was a really nasty five minutes. I just got out of there, and uh, I don't particularly remember a whole lot. I mean, I remember getting a sweep and coming on top. Wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. You're woozy coming out of that? Because I would like to remind you what you did. as as I just watched the match seconds ago, so I'm still kind of buzzed on it. 
<laughs> you immediately charged forward like a crazy person as you started to <laughs> come through that match because you swept up and you were <laughs> you looked you looked like uh, they had just flipped a switch and was like, well, I better fight him because I don't want to go back uh, to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, fuck, watching uh, the jiu-jitsu guy just rally and be like, all right, fuck. And then you shot in the single. It was like, damn, he is mm -hmm. feeling yeah. feisty. So cardio-wise, yeah. you felt pretty good, it seems like, oh, in the yeah. match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was feeling pretty good out there. Um, you know, after that, I got out of that body triangle. I just don't really, I wasn't even feeling tired, really. I mean, it was more just I wanted to. I do want to ask even you, up the score. I want to ask mm -hmm. you a specific about how you escape the body triangle because you immediately. Mm -hmm. So he sunk in the body triangle. You moved to the hinged foot side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you started pushing so, down on the foot. You were taking your feet and pushing down on his. And it would be about mm -hmm. two minutes before it revealed why that was a smart thing to do. But for mm -hmm. at least two minutes, I was like, why is he pushing? Why isn't he trying to pull it all? Do you mind talking us through that specific choice? Yeah. Um, so um, some people in practice, when they do that body triangle, and you bring the, that lot, the side where the triangle is locked up to the ground, and then you step on their exposed foot, it's supposed to put a lot of pressure on their encircled ankle. And that sometimes will make somebody tap, but most people like Gilbert aren't going to tap at all. But that's just putting a lot of pressure on the joint, and uh, you're trying to tire it out. And the way you get out of a body triangle is you try and push the triangle down your body and wiggle your shoulders up above mm -hmm. his. They're trying to move the lock down your body. So, I mean, it took me five minutes, but, you know, eventually I think I got out of there. But, yeah, that's the whole idea. You're trying to push on his foot. You're putting a lot of pressure on that lock to hopefully wear it out. But he was a solid, solid dude. So, you know, I had a hard time breaking the lock off. Okay. It, I mean, it, it, mission accomplished. You were able to get out of it, which, yeah. again, most people, like, I guess my other thought process was, did you have that moment where maybe in, like, the first minute of the match, you just go, oh, wait, are we at overtime already? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I don't need this right now. Overtime happens if something <laughs> happens at the end of this. Shit. So yeah, that was my first yeah. thought. The second one was, Kevin, I don't know if you noticed this, because I like to keep files on people. Not like I can actually do anything, but I like to take down notes. You know, as I, I watch matches, I'll jot down things. It's also a commentator thing to do. If mm -hmm. you're going to commentate on jujitsu fighters, it helps to have like a running dialogue about what you would think about with them. Absolutely. And it's, it's very important to know what their strengths are, so that way you can continue being terrified of them. So one thing that was a little scary to me was I started seeing a little bit of rubber guard from our good friend over here. Uh, we should so, talk about that. We should talk about the rubber guard. But, but Kev, do you know why I want to talk about the rubber guard? Why specifically? I, I do, I'm, go for it. Yeah, why? Okay, okay. Here is my issue. I am not – like rubber guard I feel like is a good controlling mechanism. And I feel like guys really do well by sucking you in. Mm -hmm. John seemed to have this sort of ability – to go ahead and suck you in, and then at one point he teased this kind of like, like bump hip sweep, but instead was going for his guillotine. And I was like, "Listen, John, you choose one. You either get a rubber guard <laughs> you, or you get your guillotine. You, you do, do not, not get, get both. both. I actually, I, will, I, I refuse. I agree with you. I would like to second a large dose of WTF. Did that come from? Right. Why, why are we working rubber guard? <laughs> mm -hmm. John, why was I doing rubber guard? Yeah. Well, I mean. A, a lot of that position that usually works really well in closed guard, but uh, I mean, he was so good at holding his base there. 
Um, I mean, a lot of it was that he was staying so low and compact into me that I was just trying to do something to open it up. But, uh, you know, he was pretty stout there. I mean, if I guess if I could have made more distance, I would have went for, you know, arm drags and such. But, I mean, he was staying real tight in, and I was just trying to get an angle so I could, you know, attack a little bit. Because I definitely, you know, I did not want to go to the overtime rounds at all. I was trying to work submissions in there. And then that, that uh, the guillotine hit is like when I go for that uh, almost plotting and the rubber guard. So if people don't move in time, then that hip bump sweep can actually work pretty well. But, you know, the people that know what they're doing, they feel it coming and they adjust. And clearly, I, you know, I like it's to all call coming. That when <laughs> I roll with people and they do that to me. I like to call that if you're on top or kind of, you know, about to be swept over your oh shit moment where you're just kind of like, oh, no, I'm going. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's people without good base. But uh, impressive nonetheless, because I don't see a ton of people really switching from rubber guard to that guillotine. So I was very mm-hmm. impressed by that. But now we get into the overtime. The overtime goes and yeah. it's obviously, uh, I mean, there trying to hold it down. A, a brief legs fight, by the way in there right before we got mm-hmm. to overtime that I thought was fascinating too. It was a dynamic match in terms of strength, power, <laughs> aggression on both mm-hmm. accounts. And we got some leg attacks. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to work some stuff in there. It's a match but, for uh, everyone. Yeah, that was when I got it. Is my point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I, was, I was trying to catch him. You were good. looking. You, cause it yeah. looked like you also kind of disengaged the position <laughs> once he started to attack. You waved out mm-hmm. and came up. So, how much were you looking yeah. for a leg? Uh, it's definitely not a big part of my strategy. I mean, I got caught in a bad heel hook, and I should—I definitely need to work on it more. I mean, especially with how you know there's a lot to that position, and that you know mastering it super. I mean, you know the Ryan brothers really show how important it is to have that skill mastered because fight starts there. But uh, it's definitely not um, a normal part of my game. I don't use it in practice, but you know, I was getting a little desperate there. I needed to find a path somehow. <laughs> it's it's interesting to hear how the mind works of someone who's frequently competing and so that's that's fascinating uh sorry raf was asking overtime starts well overtime starts Mm -hmm. that obviously happens uh Mm -hmm. you you couldn't quite lock up the body triangle which i feel is like it's the make or break like honestly you have to get the body triangle you have to get that and i feel like once people Mm -hmm. discovered that with ebi overtime that's where that like mm-hmm. we can have ride time there for like a day. Like somebody could yeah, be yeah. there for a day. So on exactly. that same that, that area, mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. were put in it, there was this one moment of like what I like to call triangle whiplash, body triangle whiplash, where you were out and then like he like sucked it back in. And my first thought was, <laughs> No, John, and I like I reached out to my screen. And I was like, No, John, no. Because <laughs> that whiplash was way brutal, and I was just like, "Fuck, dude, that's a that's a tough guy." So obviously, you know, Gilbert comes away with the win. But uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that we were happy was, you know, when we bring on guests, mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. So myself and Kevin have nothing but major compliments for the type of clash that you were able to bring to that match. So kudos to you, sir. And I think they would be stupid not to bring you back because. No, it's you you provided a very fun match and most people would be out in many of those situations so that is that is my hope and my wish going forward but that's not all we're here to talk about let's mm-hmm. rewind a little bit here though because i saw some very prominent social media posts that showed you and a certain butt-chinned individual <laughs> training together yes the mighty uriah faber california kid What's going on? 
or are you're hitting hold on rap he's starting to hit some celebrity jujitsu status he's just mm-hmm. not posting <laughs> things like Davis okay. was so we don't know if he's coming unglued so this is how we find out with the John Gomes. You're getting to train with a uh, an interesting new talent level. Oh yeah, yeah, that's been really fun. I mean, well, one second. Sounds like he's taking a bite of something, or we no, have another John. No, he's going to be competitor. more important celebrity wise. He's just taking a moment. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. The California kid just texted me. I have to attend to it. It's. Uh... <laughs> Nothing like right. that. Just Sorry, I mean, I've been training with uh, Elevation, with, you know, with Muscle, that uh, Elevation fight team at Muscle Farm uh, Sports Science Center. Yeah, you should uh, fighters. We do know that. Yeah, yeah. I get to see hang out with those guys from time to time. But, you know, definitely Uriah's, you know, A-list celebrity. It's hard to get any bigger than that. So, you know, I've been getting to hang out and chill with him. It was, it was very cool. He's a really right, generous so guy. Level with mm-hmm. us, a podcast, which means you are under oath. I am indeed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> When you see Uriah Faber, it's one thing mm-hmm. to see him. One thing to be like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, this guy is a legend. Yes. But then they tell you you're going to roll with them. Mm-hmm. How much does it affect your game when you don't see those golden locks and you see a Samson depowered Uriah Faber? Do you at this moment as a competitor or somebody who is training with him go, he's lost his power? Especially California kid starts playing like. I'm just listen. I'm not saying he's not good anymore. I'm just saying (laughs) what happens to his luscious locks, and does that throw you because you're like "Mm -mm -mm, the Uriah Faber I know has long glorious locks. Who is this imposter here in front of me? Rob, are you asking me if Uriah's Faber new haircut affected my opinion of his jujitsu credentials? Yes, I am, sir. Well, I (laughs) think. No. Sounds no, like dude. a tentative yes. That sounds like a tentative yes. Oh, if I could just read between the swift nose, that sounds like a tentative yes. <laughs> uh, yes, because all jujitsu power lies in the hair. I'm not saying for everybody, but for him, for, possible. For me too, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> he did have some pretty sweet hair back in the day, but you know, I don't think that affected any. But he was, dude. He was he had great jujitsu, man. I mean. <clears throat> His positions were good, and then uh, when I got would get him into trouble, he would power out of a lot of things. But he made that work real well against me out as well. He never got yeah. caught against one of the deadliest guys at his weight. So, dude, and let's, him, man. let's also talk about that. Did you see elements of things that you guys were training the next day in his match with Meow? Absolutely. He uh, he's been practicing a lot for Meow's daily Hiva. You know how he loves to do the Baron Bola, and uh, he'd been practicing, you know, turning away and kicking out. And that's a lot of how he dealt with Meow's game. So, you know, I think that him and uh, his coach, uh, Dustin, came up with a really good game plan, and they executed it well. <laughs> cool. That was really yeah. unique. Yeah. And, and and that opportunity came together just because you guys happened to be uh, – you were training at the same facility mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, again, you're under oath here. Mm-hmm. What, what did you guys talk about, you know? What, would you guys talk about your favorite – what you're watching on Netflix or something? Or, you know, because you guys talk. Eh, not that much. I mean, we we rolled, and I just kind of, you know, told him I was a big fan of his, and you know, we kind of talked with Dustin, those other guys, and then uh, I talked to Professor Fabio, who ended up coaching me later that night. But uh, we didn't necessarily shoot the, uh, <clears throat> we didn't uh, talk, you know, necessarily that much. It was a lot of training. We trained for thirty minutes or so, man. It was a great flow roll. But uh, you know, we just kind of yeah, oh, yeah, a flow roll. Wait. <laughs> 
we have some things. Yeah, to- thirty minutes. A thirty-minute flow roll. Yeah. How aggressive, though, because you're you, and we've seen what happens when you're disoriented. <laughs> oh, time out. Time out. What? Continuity <laughs> for the podcast. Did or did not John Combs say on a podcast of ours last week he does not flow roll? He does True or really, false, Kevin? He said he doesn't really flow roll. That's it. He confirmed not a flow roll guy. <laughs> I'm not a flow roll guy for sure, but you know I can I can go at any pace, anytime with anybody. So I mean, and we were going pretty hard, but we were you know we both had to compete the next day, so we won't go in 100. percent That's for sure. Sure. Okay. But way to call me way to call me out on my previous words, Roth. Thanks for keeping me honest. Hey, we have to find out what's going on. There's a lot to unpack here. You're training with Uriah, <laughs> you're fighting like a crazy person the next day. Uh you know, it's no gi too. Which is great. Raph, I Raph is broadcasting live from Las Vegas tonight, and I think we might have just mm-hmm. lost him a touch there oh really so it's just me and you kevin well he's still here he's just going in and out and that's kind of his omnipresent personality uh i'm just explaining the stark of the cutout as we as we continue live plus john's a fun guest so he's easy to work with but we are for real big fans of what you did here at sub underground you know getting to fight with the ryan all that aside product is some really hard work and this is a huge yes okay all right all right there was a little service interruption i know kevin was kind of trying to tell everybody what's going on i am going to tell you guys live from the source here's what the fuck just happened i am staying at the bally's in vegas and they have this bogus system where you have to check into their internet every 24 hours and guess what just happened 24 hours ago yesterday i was like i would like my internet please and so now it kicked me off of my own conference call. Like, I was the one to start this call. So poor Kevin and John were left all alone from this insignificant internet. And I don't understand why you have to charge or, like, tell them, like, hey, I want my internet again. It's been 24 hours. Just know it. Just know I'm a different person or know I'm the same person. Anyway. Uh, I love your energy. <laughs> I Listen, I, there's a reason I said, are you rolling? Because I just want I want to capture this pure, raw emote. You know what it was? I channeled John Combs. There you go. In his match. And you and charged I forward. I, I love it. Forward. And that's kind of what I was rallying back. We think this, this is an amazing match, John. Absolutely. You need to be proud of this one. You need to wear this as a badge of honor. You got choked out in the end, and God, I would have been impressed if your face could have withstood another few minutes. Because there's like a there's a certain part in jujitsu where it's like, you know, I'd really like to fight again in another few weeks. Yeah. So my nose just isn't worth it tonight. So John, I I would like to say this because you know I, I've always said that you and Kevin can't train with each other, but can I make a request if you do? Yes. Can you go ahead and start with back control let's on not. Kevin? Okay. Let's, no. and let's, yeah. Don't say okay no, like no, that. Think about your choices first. Kevin, you were the one that was saying it was like, well, you got choked out. Yeah, dude, that's what happens. That's the whole point of back control. Do you know how and you're quickly just like, he's going to take my back? A little while longer. <laughs> it's not going to be a long situation. That would be delicious to watch. So, yes, that that's my, my wish. Anyway, that's not the reason why we're all here. We're you know, here... Yeah, for this bullshit UFC event that I'm actually kind of excited to watch after I saw the highlights of Stipe. 
Yes. So we've got some. Yeah, I did. Scene. So mm-hmm. John actually watched a little bit of the fights before we reveal who won over under Kevin. You know, talk us through some of your favorite moments of the fights uh, from Saturday. John. Ke- Kevin. No, yeah, Kevin's a, going over me. You're going. That's for you. Me? You're, uh, oh, awesome. Okay. Well, definitely the moment of the evening for me was when Damien, uh, you know, he had a real tough fight. He got a well, walk close split decision victory. But, uh, you know, when he was uh, riding on the back with body triangle and just, you know, ever so gently punched uh, Jorge Masvidal in the face. <clears throat> now, do you find that was one of my favorite moments? Because Kevin was also, remember when Kevin hated jiu-jitsu? Yes. Yes. Okay. He didn't pick Damien. And that's why, Damien didn't win the bonus, but why was that? Why do you hate jujitsu so much, Kevin? Have you had some time to think about what you you did there? I have, and I think it's a repressed re- emotion because you know <laughs> I've gotten injured a few times, and I'm not as good as, as others. And you know, maybe mm-hmm. I was just taking out my own insecurities on it. I want to apologize to jujitsu if I could, Raf. Well, I don't know that jujitsu is going to take your apology this time. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like John can accept. John's an ambassador now. He's on the list. You got a card. I'm on the list. Uh, John, I, just want to I do have a card that says I'm a black belt. See, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, other, true. Well, to be fair, you know, Kevin, you also said from the Hufflepuff of Jiu-Jitsu academies, if I dare say so. I don't know if I could. Is a Harry Potter reference even a burn? I'm just trying. I just did you just call? Did you say I'm from Hufflepuff? Oh, I no. I said from the Huffle. I'm just having a little fun, a little local. Mm. I guess. Mm. Oh, uh oh, he's just making. I need. I need to know, John. Is that an insult to you? Apparently, he enjoys Harry Potter. That was a shot in the dark. You a Harry Potter fan? Me, me, and the Harry Potter. Yeah, dude, I'm a '90s baby. I love Harry Potter. So, are you Shit. are you mad about that? Or like a Hufflepuff? Are you a Gryffindor? Or are you a Slytherin? What well, I'm taking the test on my. I'm, what do you think I am, bro? Come on. That should be pretty plainly obvious. I'm Gryffindor. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, of course. So obvious. Thank you. Um, it actually yeah. listed Thanks, Triangle Escape under his credentials, which was it's a lot of foresight for for jujitsu. But John, I love that you're like looking at me and being like, "Ref, you don't know," and I'm like, "Sorry, I don't speak nerd." Now. <laughs> I assumed. Sorry, Rap. <laughs> I just, you know, I was interested to see there was that. and But there was an important area, too. We lost two fights on this card for no reason. One was yeah. Yeah. Uh, down with a case of fat. And then one mm-hmm. was uh, came down with a case of ow my wrist. Yeah. So as a result of that, we then ended up only going out of 12 fights. So there were a couple more things. One thing that you guys both agreed on was Joanna Zizizic being dominant, mm-hmm. and she was. We, so that was right. uh, good to see. Yeah. What did you think of her striking ability? Were you still scared? Did you still want to have a grappling match with her? You know you do. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely game. She's a scary lady, but yeah, absolutely. And she comes by Muscle Farm, so I might get to make that a reality. Oh, both who's there? You know people are watching that match like, all right. Interesting. <laughs> She's terrifying. <laughs> she she might just knock you out anyway. You do need to be prepared for that with the MMA <laughs> fighters. It's like suddenly they'll just pop it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then on the other side, we had Steve Miocic looking very dominant. Mm. And my question yeah. to you is: Is he the most dominant heavyweight of all time? <laughs> he finally won two, and that's difficult. Like it's a difficult division because they're so big. I love it. I still love the heavyweights. It's, it's arguably 
They got to get them back in the tough house. I've been back on tough. We've got to talk. Look, Stepe did it. Be like a big a, ass a, fist. Kev, I think it has to do with the reason they don't put them on tough is for budgeting for food. Food, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who has that kind of? Thing? It's like we prefer the the lower weights. They just, it's just broccoli and cheddar for a few of them. <laughs> Feed the one thirty fivers in grass, and <laughs> two of them, two of them didn't eat a single thing from the pantry. They just grazed in the yard. If you can believe that, it's uh, it's what happened. Tough eighteen. I have to ask this because this was an important question for me. Uh, John, how did you feel about Frankie Edgar? Um, I did not get to see that fight, but you know, that, that one felt good. You know, like I was saying, man, he's still one of the best guys out there. Like I was saying, you hear him like throwing some cockiness behind it already. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Kev, when you wear very hard to submit clothing, I don't know that you know what that's like, but John and I do, uh, (laughs) there is a certain kind of element of, not that you think you're better than everybody. It's that you know you're better than everybody. Yes. And as soon as they yeah, make right. a very easy to submit jersey, I'll buy that one. But until <laughs> such time. So there's that. Um, we also had, uh, Kevin, you said that, well, Jason Knight, at least Vicky said, that he might murder everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was Did he? close. Well, I mean, he, he definitely won. So I don't oh, know. Really? It's kind of hard to say who got murdered on a night when Frankie Edgar basically put a new face in the side of uh, Yara. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> a, little, a little difficult there. But I have to ask this before we reveal who won here. John Combs, how do you feel about your picks? Yes. Do you feel that you beat Kevin? You know, the only one that I know for sure is that Courtney pick. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, I think just based on the Courtney pick, that yeah, I feel pretty confident that I beat him and his girlfriend. Oh, 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 you made this super personal. Kevin, how do you respond to that? He didn't just beat you. He beat your whole household. He basically said <laughs> your dogs couldn't even help you. Yeah. You had no resource. You had no recourse for retribution here, Kevin. I, I guess I'm torn because on one hand, it's like, yeah, sharp burn. But on the other one. Wow, he remembered details? It's like, what a sweetheart. We caught him right on the wave of jiu-jitsu stardom, and he's still so nice, Raph. That's I was just enjoying the moment, too. So it's a, it's a smorgasbord of emotions over here. John, for as intense as he can get in your face, one of the, the nicest people in jiu-jitsu. So there, there is wow, that. Apparently, thing. despite that head thing he did. He's, uh, well, definitely the head thing is a little scary, but otherwise kind of a care bear. Like, <laughs> you know, he definitely at one point said Care Bear stare next to me. And I was just like, bro, I don't understand. You're too deadly. And then you do this. I It's too it's too jarring for me, sir. All right. Kevin, would you like to know how many picks you got right? I'm sorry. Vicky got right. Let's do this. All right. Vicky came in with a number of five out of 12 picks. Now, Kevin. Stark improvement. Was that better than your last performance? Maybe. I mean, I had a rough outing. Maybe. What happened in your last performance? How many did you get correct on that one? I mean, if you wanted to put a number to it, I guess it'd be two. That is correct. All right. <laughs> John, here's the question. Ah, uh, shit. This is All the right, important I'm listening. Can you beat five picks? Did you beat five picks? Ay, yeah, yeah. Well, Corey, Stipe, Joanna, Damien, 
I feel confident enough to say that I beat at least five picks. Or did you tie it? Have you thought about that? That's very, that is very, that is very possible. Because yeah. here's but the I'm, issue I'm, I'm, right now. I'm uh-huh. counting right now, and you just made five. But what if that's it? That I would, I'd feel a little disappointed in myself, to be honest. But uh, what, what, what was that number, Raf? How'd I do? Well, I mean, did I win the... or did I lose? Right, hey, listen, this is not how game shows work. You... You have to cut to commercial break. No, no contestant ever looks at the like host and goes, "Hey, are we done yet?" And they're like, "No, kid, we got five more minutes of TV time to fill." <laughs> the air. So shut up. Let me do my job. Listen, John. Okay, when you tell me right now that you have a hint, mm-hmm. you'd be disappointed in yourself before I reveal the result. Why would you be disappointed in yourself? You know, you had a. A rough loss to to Gilbert Durino, and yet you kept a really good attitude, and you're like, no, I'm going to come back here. But to Kevin, suddenly now, this is a loss that would hurt you. Why is that? Oh, this one? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> He's like, oh, who's so Kevin? Bad. Who's Kevin again? <laughs> oh, yeah, who's Kevin? Why would this – I don't I, – I, that's a good question, actually. I don't know why this would – well, I, I, I guess because I don't let jujitsu losses bother me, but little things probably do irritate me a little bit. <laughs> so did you just but <laughs> losses to Kevin are deeply scarring. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. Here's the result, ladies and gentlemen. The result for over under Kevin for one John Combs was out of twelve fights, John got eight. Therefore, Ooh. you are not the father. <laughs> so you did just win this installment of Over Under, Kevin. Congratulations, sir. Woo! Oh, there are balloons dropping from my room. Yep. yep. We definitely made that happen, guys. If you are listening, just know we spare no expense. We put balloons. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a gender reveal party where we just have balloons ready to go just in case. At Kevin's apartment right now, there are no balloons dropping. It's just a lever that comes up, and there's a moth that flies out. Just like wearing a wizard's caps jersey, just ready to take on the world. You, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar to come rallying back uh, after such the match this weekend and then to come and beat me. That's a formidable. Oh, yes. That's one of the greatest. They'll do a 30 for 30 about this comeback. I would argue uh, just because of my prowess and my general mm. elevation. So you as an opponent, but congratulations. And we'll take some notes on what the Denver zoo is like. We'll, we'll check. All right. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Raph, this mm. is bullshit. And I protest every ounce of it. You cannot so. protest. <laughs> File your grievances with the court of the uh, Verbal Tap podcast. Of course, Kevin, if you are going to air your grievances about the Verbal Tap podcast, where can you do it on iTunes? Uh, at Verbal Tap Cast with five stars, and that'll get you right to the complaint department. Absolutely. <laughs> five stars for your complaint. <laughs> to put five, or else it doesn't get sent. Nope, we don't so. see it. Yep. Just you know, at the subject area, say what your grievances are. Yeah. Um, listen, here, John, we know that for the next few weeks, you're going to be doing your thing. You may have a trip to the mm-hmm. zoo as a result of this uh, this loss. So we're yeah. excited. I have to ask this because I know that I have mm-hmm. prevented you from teaching Kevin the guillotine, as some people call it. I call it a guillotine. 
But my thing for you is this. If I want to learn your guillotine, where do mm-hmm. I Wait, say that again. Where do you go? Where do we find where do I go? Where, How do we get you into our gym? Oh, I mean, you just hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, man. That's always the best way to get a hold of me. I mean, most people lament how poor of a texter I am, but if you send me a Facebook message, I'm pretty likely to respond. But once we send you that message, we should say, hey, just come swing by for a 2 o'clock, or we should say, hey, seminar time starring the mayor, John Combs. <laughs> I ain't the mayor of anything yet, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if uh, our good friend Ricardo's calling you, uh, what was it the the comatine or what? Yeah. The comatine, yeah. That is, that is Ricardo's nickname. He, he was the one who came up with that at Copa Podio, and uh, I guess I'm gonna go with it. It's a good. In the case, if people are looking to maybe learn your sort of thing, again, you are legally barred from teaching Kevin that and other things. Yeah. Any part of jujitsu, actually. Um, Any form. But if people do want to do that, they they should hit you up. And and then where can they find you on uh, the Facebook and the Instagram, sir? Uh, Facebook, just uh, search John Combs. Come up, live in Boulder. Um, For the Instagram, my name is at Combs Jiu-Jitsu. So CMBS Jiu-Jitsu. Excellent. I have to say this, John. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. are, again, and I said this earlier, you are one of the nicer people in Jiu-Jitsu. We have been waiting for an opportunity to get you on. And we were... Uh, truly happy that you not only came on on a week where you would be prepping for Submission Underground, but that you would play our stupid, stupid game. And uh, <laughs> you're thoroughly entertained that then after that you would come back on the show and talk to us about that experience. Because we do consider it quite the honor when people take time out of their schedule to come on, especially when they've been traveling, they're tired, they probably want to go to sleep. Um, and yet still, <laughs> here you are talking with us late on uh, a return travel day. So we want to say thank you very much for coming on the show, sir. Absolutely, Ralph. Thanks for having me. I really had a good time playing your silly little game. I thought it was quite fun. And uh, next time, yeah, it was an awesome card. I'm glad I I'm glad I got to watch it and I was intrigued because I placed, uh, you know, bets on it. I guess now, now you did place bets on it. This is always important because we try to make these learning opportunities. So before we get you on out of here, what mm-hmm. advice do you have for Kevin going forward? And I'll allow this here. Give him advice on both the over-under Kevin angle, and you may give him advice here and only here on his jiu-jitsu end scene. Uh, okay. So for over-under, this is uh, advice on how to better run his game show? Uh, well, no, it's my game show, if we're being honest. But how can Kevin do better as a participant in the show? I mean, like if how you just came it- on and won it, obviously you have some insight. <laughs> <laughs> just watch a lot of MMA or get lost on SureDog. I mean, SureDog's one of like the six websites I actually go on to. So, yeah, spend some time on there. It's actually a lot of interesting stuff on there. All right, so that's on that um, side. Yeah, do, do some research is step one. And then if uh, when you're trying to escape the back, use your feet against his feet to help yourself escape. Hey, uh, uh, already thinking about that one. I, I, honestly, I was like, do I have the dexterity to get my feet up? It's going to be interesting. I'll get to find out soon. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> or, or, no shortage of people trying to Good stuff. And well, actually, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure uh, Matt, Professor Jubera, he, uh, I think he was the one who showed me that, so I'm sure he could enlighten you as to his beastliness. 
Oh, <laughs> well, he'll show. <laughs> Did you say his beefliness? Yeah, oh, dude, Joubert is. Uh, yeah, there aren't many you know black belts in the state. You know, Elliot Marshall and a few other people that like just mess me up. He's when he's one of them. <laughs> I just I don't hear a lot of people use the word beefly, but you know, Joubert is a beast. I've just never been like, hey, what's up, beefly? Yeah, just another case of jiu-jitsu celebrity going to Absolutely. home's head. <laughs> Use it all with celebrity jiu-jitsu words. Well, listen, John, we're going to let you get on out of here. Thank you so much for stopping by the show. Kids, if you want to learn some good jiu-jitsu, get in touch with them. Have them do a seminar over here in your area because we'd like to see him come around. And you know what, John? I'd like to put this out here right here right now. If you come to L.A., we will find you a seminar, sir. So you just say the word and we will make it happen. Because I never said you couldn't teach me anything. Yeah, <laughs> well, Rob, I look forward to showing you any tricks I got. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. Well, John, thank you very much. And we look forward to talking with you again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. Had a great time on your show. Hope to see you guys soon. Raph, that uh, Combs character has a lot going on that I mm. really enjoy and fighting on the sub underground. There's tons of things that were going on this weekend, um, including some pretty badass fights here in Denver uh, mm. that I would like to give a quick shout out to Eric Co. won another fight using the Ezekiel. Mm. Uh, Ashley Lynn had a competitive fight and you just sent me a link of what appears to be a highlight worth talking about, which is Nikki Ryan. Can you narrate us through the entire match, Kevin? I can. So they engage. Nikki Ryan sits guard. His opponent comes in to start to work, uh, grabbing the ankles and just some passes. And he quickly gets scooped up into, oh, just a beautiful knee reap on the right leg that leads to an outside heel hook. That's pretty devastating. So just to let you know, that was all of the match. Kevin just narrated seconds. you through the entire 13. 13 seconds of that match. Nikki Ryan has a lot going up for him. And I have to say this. I thought this was a joke, but I think it's real. Uh, Marvin Castell from... Uh, 10th Planet is going to have a super fight with Nikki Ryan. Ooh. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, I also don't like, again, I know Nikki Ryan, you're not supposed to treat him any differently, but again, he is a child. So it is very difficult in my brain to be like, he'll hook the shit out of him. <laughs> but as our good friend, uh, Jason Hayden reminded us, uh, if you don't do it to him, he's definitely going to do it to you. And we have evidence of that as Kevin just narrated right now. Damn, by the way. Just damn. Yeah. And overall, it, it's so good to see some of these cards. Um, Eric with an Ezekiel we were working on earlier in the mm-hmm. week. Uh, you also had uh, just another great round of, I'm excited, grappling, Raph, multiple events in multiple locations, making money and being awesome. Mm-hmm. We got to see a ton of stuff this weekend. You're in Vegas to keep making those types of things happen, plus you're doing a little writing. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight, which takes us to some shout-outs. I'll start. We had the whole family in on my father's side. We had Aunt Kathy and Uncle Ron. We then had my father and my mother. We had Uncle Joe and Margot. 
We had Uncle Danny and his wife, Aunt Laura. We had Aunt Mary Pat. We had the whole group, Raph, all the grandkids, all the great-grandkids. For my grandmother, we did the thing. We played music. We serenaded her. It was a huge mm-hmm. festival of two and a half days where in which there was a grilled cheese bar at one point that was geniusly orchestrated by my sister, um, <laughs> who, yeah, the G-Cheese Bar, by the way, which... Wow, people should do that more. Anyway, awesome weekend. Had a crazy week of training prior to that. Thursday night, got to train with Jubera, got to train with Waddle, got to train with Waddle for like 30 minutes at the end of the Thursday night open mat. It was an awesome night where we were going over the finer points of the Ezekiel choke. Uh, we started with some anaconda pulling techniques from the takedown positions. We were working a lot of takedown stuff, and then this was just like uh, some finishing that I saw employed many times in the tournament this weekend at the fight to win Colorado State Championships where the Jubera crew was in full force. Will Forbes mm. did some meddling. Ashley, Tessa, a ton, uh, Kelvin, a ton of the kids program. And Kelvin looked like a demonic just fury of violence in the green belt division. And Raph, that's going to do it for me in the... Shout outs department, except for Victoria also came with me and did the whole family thing. So that's, uh, that requires some effort, right? Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Done. Good work on your part. I want to go ahead and start by shouting out. Uh, I got a few. So let's start by saying uh, a thanks, I guess, to our good friends over at uh, the uh, Matt Therapy podcast. They held a jiu-jitsu on the beach event. And I went to go do that before I went to Vegas. So a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of good people there. We were excited because we were also able to talk about the USSGL.com. So if you guys are looking for an opportunity to go compete, go to USSGL.com. We have two events coming up. We have one on May 28th, and it is going to be from Orange County. So if you are in the OC area, please come compete at our tournament. It's 50 bucks for adults to 40. Yes, 40 for kids to go and compete. And we have an absolute where we are going to give away prizes, cash prize, for both gi and no gi in our absolute giant divisions for those. So just to let you guys know, if you are looking for a true opportunity to test yourself and not spend a ton of money, come support us. You're supporting me, the guys from the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, and much, much more. So we look forward to seeing you guys come on May 28th. And if you can't make that one, then come on up to Fresno on June 4th. And it's going to be a no-gi competition, all weight divisions, all experiences, all those sorts of things. So we would love to see you there. So I'm excited about those things, but I also have to shout out everybody at Valley Martial Arts Center. It was very nice to know that um, I discovered that uh, Jean-Jacques really liked coming to chill and see all of us there. So uh, it was very nice to have him come through and uh, say wonderfully great things about us and our academy, which makes us very happy there. So shout out to him. I also want to send a shout out to uh, George St. Pierre. Who really did try to make a fight happen sometime after October. And Dana White was like, fuck you. So apparently Yoel Romero is going to get the shot or they're negotiating. So I thought that was important to bring up because uh, GSP is a dear friend of the show, isn't he not, Kevin? Very dear friend. Hey, also, we are uh, uh, speaking of GSP and endorsing this show. If you guys want to go ahead and 
support us here at the podcast, you can buy patches because guess what? Just in time for Worlds Competition. What? We have some verbal tap patches. Amazing. That way they can rep their favorite pod while on the mats. Absolutely. So you guys can support us. You can go over to rafasparza.com backslash store and you will see them. They are on right now. They are on for $10 and every bit of that money goes to Kevin's weed habit, which believe it or not is an expense on this show. Well, you know, you got to keep the skill and you got to keep the talent at a level that keeps the fans for those five star reviews. And that's, uh, we use a good W for that. I just, I want to know how that benefits me. Me too. All right. Um, I'll work on that. So there is that. We want to send uh, shout outs to also our friend at Samuel Rivera Films. Uh, they had a very, very funny uh, take on WWE BJJ that they did. We also want to send a shout out to Holic because guess what? He dropped a new single while you were gone, Kevin. <laughs> what? Did everything happen? It really did. And I will send it to you. We will have a full breakdown of it of our next podcast. We do not have time tonight. But it is important if you guys haven't gone to see it. I believe it's called Torch. And uh, the metaphor isn't isn't well hidden. It's it's pretty prevalent front and center. So just to let you know, it's called Torch. Look for it. If you laugh when you see it, you know you found it. I also want to go ahead and send shout-outs to everybody out here. I want to send a shout-out to Legacy uh jiu-jitsu over in burbank we were able to go down there and train myself in joseph house uh, i want to send a shout out to the la jiu-jitsu club it is good to see you guys i'm in vegas as soon as i get back i'm coming back over with the vengeance and i am also getting some new tricks to learn for all you assholes so take that uh, i want to send shout outs to the jiu-jitsu podcast for putting on the guys um, apparently eric's on inside bjj Cool. He asked me if I would listen to it, and I was like, I'm like the rest of the world. I don't listen to that show, but he's on it. So congrats to him for that. And uh, also, just all the podcasts that I've been putting on the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, guys. We really, really appreciate you. And all the academies I've stopped by so far out here. I have a couple more that I'm planning to go to, but in the past couple days, I was at 10th Planet in Las Vegas. So I was 10P for the weekend. And I also went to Cobra Kai, our good friends over there. And I want to thank my good friend Shane, uh, or Chase, Shafter. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Shane. Shane was supposed to come, but he didn't. So, no, I revoke his thanks. But to Chase, who uh, came and weathered the storm to go ahead and train with me. We had a great training session, Gi and no Gi. And, uh, but the Shapiro boys, you guys are on notice. Jerry, I know you had an MMA fight, but you could have shown up the next day, asshole which you won in the first round. And, Kevin, I want to close on this because it's important. Yeah. Do you know how he won? How? Just guess. Just guess. What What would be the best way to win for the show? Triangle choke? Mm. Head and arm, obviously. Sorry. He was winning by striking, but his opponent didn't want to fight anymore. So when an opponent doesn't want to fight anymore and doesn't actually hit the mat with his hand or his opponent, what does he tend to do? He has to verbally submit. Or verbally tap. Well, they said he won by verbal submission, Fuck which that. is some bullshit. Fuck that. So I hit so up rude, Jerry, and I was like, first of all, if you're going to do that, you get a verbal tap. And then you look at the announcer if they don't call it a verbal tap, and you say, 
No, my friends deserve more SEO searches. It is called a verbal tap. Thank you. A wonderful podcast that I would give five stars if I could again because I already have on iTunes. Also, like this podcast on YouTube. So I guess what I'm saying to you is, Kevin, rude. Incredibly rude and hurtful on a personal level. So anyway, that's my shout-outs. Shout-outs to my family, uh, to Kelly, and to Sue, who I'm out here in Vegas with. I am having a good time, and as soon as we finish here, I'm getting back to probably go gamble. There we go. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And good fun.